Welcome to Rising Stars, where Miriam Knight, publisher of New Consciousness Review, interviews exciting new voices in the world of progressive and transformational books, films, and ideas who offer intriguing perspectives on life, the universe, and everything in between. Join us as we celebrate the conscious awakening and explore many expressions of consciousness in action. Rising Stars. We have a wonderful star with us today. Tom Bird has written 28 books, including several bestsellers, and he is one of the top writing coaches in the country. His books have been featured in every major newspaper in the United States, as well as on major radio and television talk shows, including The Late Show with David Letterman. His authors have also succeeded, more importantly, and in 2014 alone, 21 authors who came through his retreats achieved number one Amazon bestseller status. Over the years, because of the inside-out spiritual nature of the methods he shares, he has become known by those who have studied under him as a book whisperer, book shaman, or literary midwife. Tom's new book, Write, Write from God, is already a number one bestseller on Amazon. In it, he claims that the reason so many of us are drawn to write books is because in penning those books, we are given the opportunity to commune directly with God, who urgently desires to bridge the gap between the human side of us and the divine within us. Well, welcome, Tom. Thank you, Miriam. I'm pl it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for the great introduction as well, too. <laughs> live I up am so word. delighted to have you on the show, Tom, because I would guess that a very large percentage of our listenership has a book kind of buried somewhere deep inside that they have no idea on how to bring out. And you are here to tell us that you have a way to make it happen. Tell us about your book. What do you mean? And, and the title of your book is Write with a W, then Write with an R from God. Write, write from God. What do you mean by that? I think there's a very sacred, secret desire beyond our desires to write books. And that is for God. It's God's way of connecting with us through our books. And quite, quite frankly, Miriam, what I do is I help people to reconnect directly commune directly back with God through the writing of their books and their desires to write their books, take them there. Now, in regards to the popularity of um, the desire to write books, according to the New York Times, 81% of Americans feels if they have a book stuck inside them that they need to get out. Um, I think they're only off by 19%. I, I've never really met anybody in my life who I've gotten to know who hasn't admitted to me when one way or another that he or she wanted to write a book. And, <laughs> So I think it's a divine rite of passage, Miriam. It's a very personal thing. And the procedure that you describe in your book makes it even more personal. I mean, it's it's really deeply pulling inside. And that is very difficult because most of us approach it from the head, this intellectual Perfect. side. How do you get people to overcome that? Well, first of all, the reason writing appears to be so difficult to do is because we are trained that educationally, we're trained that writing is an intellectual art form, which it is, but it is also physical, mental, 
spiritual and emotional art form as well too. So it's actually a holistic art form. So what I do is help bring people, I help people bring out the four aspects of themselves, combine them into one effort to write, and then remove the left brain intervention of their inappropriate training so they could connect directly with the book. And the book just flies right through them. And, you know, I've worked with over 85,000 new authors, Miriam. Um, hundreds of thousands of books have been written through my method. And to be honest with you, I've never taught anyone how to write a book. I've never taught them how to write a book. I've taught them how to connect with a book that's, that was already inside them and to get out of the way and let the book out. Kind of like Michelangelo, who said that he just takes the excess stone around from the figure already in the rock. Exactly. Exactly. Um, the book, one thing we have to realize is that our unworthiness issues don't matter to God. So some of us don't think we're bright enough or talented enough or old enough or young enough or educated enough or not educated enough to be a successful author. Those unworthiness issues don't matter because we don't really create a book. And that's very important for our listeners to hear. We don't create a book, so there's no worthiness necessary. We release a book that's already been written on the other side of life and is waiting there in spirit for us. Have you always had this kind of spiritual approach to life or did something happen that made you perceive it? Something happened that enabled me to have this spiritual perception of life my entire life. I'm the fifth of five children, uh, the youngest by nine years. My parents were older when I was born and they were in a very dysfunctional relationship. So they were more concerned about warring with each other than raising me as a child. And um, <clears throat> so I never transferred my consciousness from the God I knew in the womb to my parents I knew in real life. So I've always had a direct spiritual connection with, with God. <clears throat> and that's the biggest present my parents gave me. And it came as a result of their dysfunctional relationship. You know, they do say that we select our parents before we're born. Um, whether you believe that or not, there there seems to be something in that because the lessons that we learn in our particular childhood environment seem to shape us so profoundly for the life ahead. I agree completely with that. You know, I, I've I felt um, in my life, I at times in my much younger years wondered, how was I born into this family? Because we were so different. But I could see how the paradox of being a family member yet being so different really served me well, especially on a spiritual basis. They gave me everything that I lacked. Uh, they gave me compassion. Uh, they gave me exposure to feelings that I would not have had. They maintained my true and unadulterated connection to God by not being there for me as a youth. You know, I have heard other people i've had other people on the show who have told a similar story of of a very traumatic childhood or very deprived childhood that allowed them to survive only because they had this close connection to god because we all need that emotional sustenance and if we don't get it from our parents where do we get it from right well i think that we're all the way through the womb we're in direct connection with god and uh, when we're born, physically born, we transfer that connection to God to our parents. We implant it on them. And after seeing that my parents just weren't there emotionally, they didn't have the ability to be there emotionally, 
I retain my connection with God and it's made all the difference in my life. And um, I believe it's made a difference in a lot of other people's lives as well, too. So I don't see myself as being the result of an abusive relationship. I see myself being the result of a blessed relationship that gave me what I needed when I needed it to do what I do with my life. Mm. And what made you turn to writing as a career? Well, I, I... Boy, you know, as far back as I can remember, Miriam, and that would be about the age of four, uh, writing was all that I wanted to do. Um, I never had any aspirations of being anything else. And in fact, I wanted to write before I knew how to read books. But I loved to be around them, loved the feel of them, loved the smell of them, loved to touch them, loved them just being my company. They're, they're like old friends, it seemed like. And uh, so I pursued writing as a profession early on. Um, the thing that changed my life was that I tried every conventional method to become a published author that was available. And, uh, they were, I was extensive, my research and study. And the more that I studied Miriam, the more I got away from the success that I craved as an author. And so finally at the age of 25, I'd hit my wall and, um, I, I tried everything I could do to become the author. I felt that I already was. And knew that I already was. I could feel it in every fiber of my body, my soul. And um, nothing wor was working. So I finally broke down. I think I had a mini nervous breakdown one night. And I just fell to my knees and started crying. And I made a promise to God that if God showed me how to become the author I already was, I would spend the rest of my life showing other people the, what he showed me. And, you know, I think some of the best decisions, the best, best prayers we make come out of the result of desperation. And I was desperate. I was I was not a happy camper. Mm. I was blessed with a dream, but felt cursed with a dream because I wasn't living it. So long story short, two nights later, I woke up in the middle of the night, half in a dream state, half in a waking state. And I was just conscious enough to recollect what was happening in the dream that was appearing before my eyes. And what was happening was I was being shown exactly what I needed to know become the author I already was, not only publishing-wise, but writing-wise, I put into play what I saw in that dream immediately the next morning, and I was met with instant, instantaneous success. I sold my first book uh, at the age of 25, four months later. I tripled my salary from a job that I had, quit the job, and I became a full-time author, and I haven't looked back ever since. Wow. And you have actually made good on your promise to teach that to others. <laughs> yeah, How many like, thousands did you say? About 85,000 I've worked with. Um, yeah, I did. I, I have to admit, though, you know, I, I made my promise out of desperation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, initially, I had no aspirations of working with people. Uh, in fact, I liked writing because I'm rather relatively a closet dweller, and I like to my own alone time. And the idea of working uh, personally with people on a public front was not attractive to me. But, you know, I, I made a claim to God, a promise to God. So I didn't want to screw the big guy over. So, <laughs> you know, because I didn't want to get screwed over. And, and my success happened so quickly that I couldn't rely on loss of memory as an excuse for not following through. So, <laughs> So I, I started teaching reluctantly. And, and in the back of my mind, I was really thinking, when God sees how bad of an instructor I am, he's going to make, be making deals with me. You know, you never speak to anybody about writing ever again. I'll make it. I'll make it <laughs> and um, that didn't work out. 
So um, I discovered a few things. First of all, I wasn't the only writer in the world. It's just that most people don't admit to being that. Um, my classes started to take off uh, in great extreme and great popularity. And that's and that's terrific. Well, well, we'll pick this up. We have to take a break now, but we are speaking with Tom Bird, author of Write Right from God. Stay with us and we will be right back. The future of Internet radio is here. Ohm Times Radio. IOM FM. Have you been searching for a perspective beyond the mainstream? Check it out. Join your hosts, Yelito Pasquale and Diana Gold Holland, on Share International Radio for thought provoking views behind the news. Sundays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Ohm Times Radio. You can also find us at shareontheairradio.org. This may be the message of hope you've been waiting for. Being a radio host on IOM FM allows you to build your show on a rich platform with the power of the Internet to fulfill your outreach goals and connect with a very specialized and global online audience, unlimited by time and distance. Ohm Times Radio will provide you with web relevance, a recognizable conscious brand, and with the standard of excellence that has accompanied every single Ohm Times endeavor. Host your show with Ohm Times Radio Network. What if business could be fun? What if business is the adventure of living? What are you choosing? Where do you do business that makes it easier, more fun, or more joyful for you? We'd love to see where you do business. Connect with us on Instagram at Joy of Business or Twitter at Joy of Business and share your pictures with hashtags BusinessDoneWhere and Joy of Business. Let's change the world with business. This is Terry Van Horn, and I want to invite you to join me for my weekly radio show, Hailing Light, on Ohm Times Radio, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On Hailing Light, we want to bring love, light, and blessings into your world. You can find out more about us at www.healinglightonline.com. Blessings. Conscious Media for Conscious Minds. Ohm Times. Speaking with Tom Bird, the book whisperer and author of Write, Write from God. Tom, before the break, we were talking about uh, the the process of bringing the um, students in your classes to a resolution of actually producing a book. Now, you actually get them to produce a book in a weekend. Is that true? How does that happen? Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm assuming this, I know this has been your case, Miriam, and I'm, I'm assuming this is the case of a lot, of a lot of our listeners. They've been in a situation previously where writing has just poured through them at a rapid rate. That's a result of a divine spiritual connection with the divine. And our job my job, specifically at these retreats, is to help people return to that spe specific state 
to stay in that state and allow their books to come out of them. Again, one remind everybody that we're talking about books being released and not created. We're releasing books that have already been created. And so the books come out at a very rapid pace for one reason. Number one, they're, they're spiritual in nature, so they don't have to carry the antibody. Second reason, because the fast they come out, the less left brain intervention the author will experience. So the book will come out heartfelt. So the average writing speed at one of our writing retreats is 2,500 words per hour. <coughs> Length of an American adult book is 35,000 words. So you can see it's going to take the author somewhere around 12 to 13 hours to complete his or her book. And so we just help them get in that state, remain in that state, remain in communion with God through that book, allow the book out to come out, and then the book writes itself and finishes itself in that period of time. So actually I could teach these retreats in about a day and a half, Miriam, but uh, we'd like to have them be three and a half days so we can go into revision and publishing and other topics that authors like to approach during that period of time. And we do have a 97% success rate at our retreats. Wow. I bet a lot of universities would uh, envy that. So um, is there uh, a particular uh, theme that tends to come out or, or is it very personal? I mean, are there kind of, of informational books, funny books, uh, memoirs, or do they all kind of come out, you know, sort of self-revelations? All, all great writing comes from the same place. It comes from spirit and comes through the heart. So it doesn't matter what someone writes as long as they write from the heart and from spirit. So we get a wide, wide variety of books in our classes and our retreats. We get children's books, novels, nonfiction books, uh, autobiographies. We get everything. But every book is personally, personally laced with the essence, the ambiance, the soul, and the heart and passion of the author. That's what scares people so much about writing, you see, because every book that you'll write is autobiographical in one way or another because it exposes a very deep, passionate part of yourself that we've been told to hide from the world so we don't become emotionally vulnerable to getting hurt. It sounds to me like it could be a very healing experience. Well, if you can imagine uh, sitting in the company of a direct communion with God for two consecutive days and absorbing every ounce of white light energy that God gives, it can't help but be healing. It's healing and enlightening at the same time. We can't have enlightenment without healing first. We have to bind the wounds and heal the wounds that keep us from opening up. And the more we heal, the more we open up, the more we open up to God, the more we become in direct communion with God. So it's not only healing, it's enlightening. And uh, to be honest with you, Miriam, I've got this down to such a science, I don't even really worry about people writing books in my retreats. What I've, what really turns me on is I watch the personal transformations they go through to become the authors and the voices and the souls and the inspirational spokespersons they already are. That's what really turns me on. And the books are just a metaphor for that. Hmm. So what percentage of the people who attend your, let me see, I think you call it write your bestseller in a weekend retreat. Yeah. Um, how many of them actually do finish the book during the weekend? 97%. Wow. 
And the the 3% that have not finished in the last four and a half years finished their books the week after because their books were a little bit longer in length than the norm. Hmm. You see, once you you tap into the, the divine book that's calling you to write it, it's almost impossible to stop that book from coming out without injuring yourself. So once an author gets in connection, direct connection with that book, and the, the book gets halfway through, three quarters of the way through, quarter of the way through, it's impossible to stop that book from coming out. And it's easier to go with the flow than it is to resist it at that point. So oh. the book literally writes itself. And it writes itself so quickly that the author at times knows the general context of what they wrote about, be it a mystery or a nonfiction book. But they don't know the inner workings of the book. So when they actually go back and read it for the first time, it's like reading the book for the first time because they don't remember a lot of what they wrote down. So it's actually a very enlightening experience. And they can see in a tangible form. They can see on those pages how wonderful, how beautiful, how inspirational, and how important they are to the world. They can see it right there, just like a mirror reflection that they can no longer hide from. And that's where the enlightenment and the life-changing experiences of writing transpire, right there, right there when they can see it and feel it. They can no longer deny their own brilliance. My goodness. Uh, So how many of these have actually achieved uh, bestseller status? Last year, 21. This year, we've got about 16, but we'll probably have 30 by the end of the year. Uh, just in the last three years, we've had, I'd say, 55, 60. Hmm. And, and how do people get them published afterwards? Are they self-published or do they find publishers? Well, the, the, the new trend, and thank God it's a trend, is to self-publish your book because conventional publishing is basically dead. And to self-publish your book and internationally distribute it yourself, with, of course, with a lot of assistance. I have a publishing firm called Sojourn Publishing Incorporated, and what, that's what we do for authors. Mm-hmm. We can actually take an author right from a retreat, have their book published in a few weeks, and have them on a bestseller list in within three months. Wow. I mean, most publishers, you know, give you like a six-month turnaround if they're <laughs> speedy. If you're very lucky, yeah. yeah. And they, when they keep the majority of the money. Yeah. Our authors receive 100% of the gross proceeds from their books. Can somebody make a living as an author? I have been for the last 32 years, sure. And I have to think if I can, anybody can. Um, yes, you can. You can. It's it's not so much belief as much as desire. And that desire leads you beyond the beliefs you have about being a poor author and allows you to be worthy and uh, compensate for just being you and sharing how you feel whether it be a silly little story or a very deep uh, portrayal of your own life or a nonfiction book, it doesn't matter. You see, Miriam, what the public buys, and they've always bought this, but they're buying it in greater degrees now. What they buy is passion. See, when they read a book, they want to feel something. They want to feel something because when they feel something, whether it's anger, laughter, sadness, anything, any feeling, depression, any feeling that they have – makes them feel alive, reminds them that they are alive. So as long as an author is willing to open up to his or her heart and download that book that's already there and not screw it up through over-revising it, they can be a success because that's what people want. They want passion. 
there has to be a little bit of re-education in the process because inappropriately, innocently, we've been inappropriately trained to be authors in a way that doesn't work. So there has to be some retraining. But that's minimal. And most of the people I work with are so hungry to be that author that they absorb so quickly, like really, really dry sponges, the information I have to offer. And they can, within two or three hours, they can completely resurrect their efforts as far as authors are concerned. Can you make a living? Yes. Should? Absolutely. You know, to make, on an average, going the self-publishing route, you can make approximately $8 a book. So if you need to make $40,000 a year, you need to sell 5,000 books a year. So can you make it? Yeah, yeah you can. And, uh, and I think we have a responsibility to ourselves to be honored through the purchases of our books. There's a lot, there's a theory about giving all your books away for free. You know, we read the books that we pay the most for first. And then we eventually get to the ones we don't pay anything for, which means we very rarely ever get to those. So charging for your books is a very important part of the process. Yeah. It's also um, honoring your effort. Uh, I I would guess that the um, bigger benefit to the author is having that inner voice come out and acknowledging that message that has been bottled up inside. Do you have any any um, experiences to tell us about? You, you, you had a number of experiences in your book of people whose lives were changed as a result of writing their book. Oh, I've seen physical ailments healed. I've seen relationships healed. I've seen careers changed. I've seen lives saved as a result of connecting with the divine spirit through the writing of one's book. You see, the divine energy, the divine inspiration is pouring into us at all times. Mm-hmm. If we utilize it and let it out of our bodies and into our lives, our lives and the lives around us change. If we do not put it into use, it gets stuck inside of us, and that's where diseases come from, mental illness, um, depression, all kinds of things. Because that divine energy, as beautiful as it is, when it sits around and coagulates, it begins to stink and causes malfunction in our systems, in our, in our soul systems. And so um, I've seen people come in that said they couldn't write. They could no longer use their arm to write. and But they wanted to write a book, and I told them, well, you're going to have to get over this concern of yours to write your book. And within 20 minutes, they were writing beautifully. <laughs> and, the, and the one lady I was referring to, she's written seven books since, and she uh, came into my retreat debilitated from a car accident and she had crashed or jammed up her right shoulder and according to the doctor she wouldn't be able to write for more than just her name on a check and I said well when she asked me about that I said well the feeling I'm getting the intuitive feeling the response I'm getting is that oh we're going to have to take another break that's the the signal Tom but we'll we'll Get right back with Tom Bird, author of Right, Right from God, after this message. Stay with us. Your conscious connection to a more mindful world. Om Times Radio, IOM FM. Girl. 
Greetings, fellow soul travelers. This is Dr. Amelia Kemp with Ohm Times Radio. If you've been stressed mentally or emotionally, then join me on Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the From Psychotherapy to Sacred Therapy show, where you'll learn you're not sick, you're sacred. And by aligning with the soul is what makes you whole. Host your show on IOM FM, the radio network of Ohm Times Media, one of the more recognized brand names in the conscious community, and is backed by the extensive marketing reach of Ohm Times. Hosting a show on IOM FM immediately connects you with our extensive, dedicated community. Ohm Times Magazine is one of the leading online content providers of positivity, wellness, and personal empowerment, a philanthropic organization. Their net proceeds are funneled to support worldwide charity initiatives via Humanity Healing International. Through their commitment to creating community and providing conscious content, they aspire to uplift humanity on a global scale. Ohm Times, co-creating a more conscious lifestyle. Come heal yourself. What is healing? Healing is nothing but connecting to your all-knowing higher self that already has solutions to all your problems and is always there to guide you. Through this show, we help you to connect with that you are and help you realize the inner potential you have to heal every aspect of your life. So come heal yourself every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern with your host, Monica Goyal. Namaste. Your conscious lifestyle on steroids. Om Times Radio. IOM FM. And we are back speaking with Tom Bird, the author of Right, Right from God. Tom, what is your website? It's TomBird.com. T-O-M-B-I-R-D.com. And I invite all our listeners to visit there. Uh, there's a freebie page where I give away a lot of free classes, copies of CDs I've done, books. Um, because this is my ministry, Miriam, and uh, I tithe to my ministry. I tithe one-tenth one of my products and services to uh, anyone that cannot afford my services and or would like to get to know my services better and not have to pay for them. So that's TomBird.com, and I would strongly recommend our listeners visit my freebie page. I have visited your freebie page and I found the videos and the books and, and the downloadable CD absolutely fascinating. So I kind of second that recommendation. You know, it's interesting. I was listening to the commercials during the break and it's coming at us from all sides, Tom, different ways of connecting with the divine. And what you're providing in your workshops is a way of directing um, that energy through us and out onto the page so that we can share it with others. It's kind of like getting leverage to get that light out into the world even wider. So, I mean, through through all the books and everything, it, it just seems like such a fantastic form of ministry that you have developed. Um, are you... Um, are you a happy man? I mean, do, do, do you feel that you are in your sweet spot? I'm at peace. Um, and I'm at peace because I, 
I follow the desires of my spirit and go wherever it leads me, whether I feel worthy of going there or not. I'm at peace. And I really feel, Miriam, the the biggest benefit, biggest result that my authors receive from the writing of their books is they're finally at peace. I ask each one of my authors at a retreat after they finish their book to have a short conversation with me because I want to ask them a few questions. And one question I always ask them is, how do you feel? Now, going into the retreat, they would be expecting to feel exhilarated once they finish the book. No one's ever exhilarated. They all turn to me and say something along the lines of, I feel really good, you know. I feel connected. I, I feel at peace. And I believe through peace, anything is possible for a human being. Without peace, I don't feel we have the direct connection with God and I think peace is a result of a direct manifestation with God. I'm extremely happy. I'm, I have the life I want. I've had it for the last 30 years, 32 years. Uh, I get to contribute to life in a very meaningful way, doing something I really enjoy with people I really admire. And uh, I'm, I, I love being a father. I love being a husband. I love being a friend. If I sat back and redesigned my life, my current life, I would redesign. I would redesign along the exact same lines that I'm living it right now, and it comes as a, as a result of my steps that I took to write. Uh, I got to tell you, I'd be a very tortured soul if I had not taken the steps to be the writer that I are. I feel I already am, and I feel that's true with uh, everyone that shows up at my retreats too. They, they, what they don't understand is that the book. The books that are trying to get out of them will not go away. <laughs> <laughs> that they're not that difficult to connect with and that there's a bigger price at the end of the race other than just having a written book. It's a transformational experience. And it's transforming them to the peaceful existence that we all deserve. Well, part of the peace, of course, is having a reliable source of income. I think uh, once that is taken off the table then uh, people can, you know, release themselves to being creative. So it's kind of a question of cart before the horse. Um, But when you talk about being able to invest in one weekend and get it out there, that makes a totally different equation because then you can see the result and you can kind of gauge whether this is something that you can take forward. Well, what I try to do in designing my curriculums, Miriam, is I try to remove any and all excuses that a person may have for not taking my retreats. I made them affordable. I made them convenient. I made them available so they can even attend them remotely. And I made them very efficient time-wise. I mean, Frankly, if a person can't take three and a half days away from their life to write the book, then they're just not ready to take that step as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, all authors are great writers of excuses, and they could write encyclopedias on them, the excuses they've used for the years. And my job is to try to remove those excuses so they finally have to take the step that's best for them. That's interesting that you say people can take it remotely. How does that work? We use a system called Zoom which is an interconference uh, video conferencing system. And uh, so we actually have at our Sedona retreats available, we have cameras available that record the, the entire retreat and enable that anyone around the world can plug into that retreat and take it live 
from their remote location. We can take up to a thousand new authors in remotely through one of our live retreats. And we've had authors from as far away as China, let's see, China, Vietnam, Germany, England, Egypt, France, and Australia take our retreats remotely, and they perform just as well as the people that were actually taking them live, which I found to be a strange phenomenon. I, I, I thought that an author would have to literally physically be at a retreat to do well with it, and uh, I've been proven wrong. The ambiance, the energetic ambiance of the retreats obviously permeates through distance, and so we've had great results with that. Uh, we've tested it for the last two years. We haven't had any problems at all technically or logistically. So it's going to be a full-time offering starting next year in 2016. I was going to ask you that because, um, you know, I was wondering whether being, you know, in a, a physical community and experiencing it would be more powerful, you know, when two or more are gathered in my name. Yes. So you're saying that uh, that um, experience actually comes right through the internet. It does. And, um, it's surprised no one more than me, um, but we've had just as, as just as successful results remotely as we have live. Uh, if a person wants to make a career out of writing, I recommend that they try to attend a live one and first as for the writing of the first book, and they do remote after that. But even if they don't have the ability or wherewithal to get to Sedona, Arizona, to attend a live retreat. They can still successfully write their books remotely. So it's amazed even me. Hmm. What do they get at the live retreat that um, gives them that extra edge? They get more uh, access to me, number one. Uh, number two, they get the actual retreat ambiance. So they'll be in a room with 70 people uh, who they'll feel like family with by the time they leave. And they get the consistent ambiance of being in the retreat environment through the entire weekend where our remote students normally do it from the comfort of a living room or a hotel room, and they're kind of sequestered away. The live people at time our retreats live get the group experience. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest advantage. Uh, what are some of the other books you've written, Tom? Well, I started out writing, um, I started out writing books in baseball. <laughs> baseball. Well, yeah, I, I happened to uh, go to a good state university in Pennsylvania and um, I got a job sight unseen with the Pittsburgh Pirates. And uh, I, right out of college, I got hired and we won the World Series my first year. And um, I made a lot of friends, a lot of contacts in baseball. So I wrote uh, four baseball books to start off with, spiritual baseball books, tapping into the inner athlete and in all of us and writing about it from the perspective of these celebrities who I knew very well or close friends of mine. I've written novels. Um, I'm just about to release a novel called The Twin Flame that'll be out next spring. And uh, I believe it captures fictionally the experience that so many of us are feeling drawn to where we are feel like we've got these really great lives and everything seems to be taken care of. Every T needs, seems to be crossed, but there's something missing. And I think that one thing that's missing is that twin flame, conscious twin flame connection that we all seek to find the other half of ourselves. And that's what this book is about. Hmm. My goodness, that's uh, such a variety. And do you use that process every time you write a book? I sure do. 
it's become my new jerk reaction to writing a book. You know, I I had to drop everything I learned about writing to accept what the what the real truth was about how to perform it, and I haven't changed in the last thirty years. So it's not just one book that most of us have buried, but some of us have multiple books. Yes, uh, you know, Miriam, I haven't seen an author come through one of my retreats uh, in the last seven or eight years who I would categorize as a one-book author. Most of them are, through the writing of their first books, or removing an inspirational clot that opens up to a library of books waiting to be released behind it. Mm. Tell us about that CD that you have on your website that people can download. Well, an author's, um, new author's biggest, their biggest concerns are their ability to get into the writing, as they call it, to get out of writer's block, get into the writing. I have a free CD on my website on the freebie page. It's called Transitioning Back to the Author You Were Meant to Be. And you can go to my website and download it anytime that you'd like. And the CD has a relaxation technique, six-minute relaxation track that relaxes you, calms your left brain so it can open, you can open up your heart and connect with the divine through your right brain. And then the second track is Subliminal by Nature, which means it's a collection of rhythmless music, and buried beyond that rhythm, rhythmless music are some commands such as you can write, you like to write, you're writing now, which enables you to continue with your writing consistently. So the first track, the relaxation track, opens the door for spirit to come through. The subliminal track keeps that door open so spirit can keep coming through through the writing of your book. And um, it cures writer's block immediately. And, and it's one of the primary focuses of my retreats. I, I really couldn't teach the retreats I do if I had not put together this CD, which keeps people in that divine state the entire length of the retreat through the subliminal messages, which I use. How amazing. So it's writing right from God. Well, we have been speaking with Tom Bird about his book and his amazing Write Your Bestseller in a Weekend Retreats. Tom's website is tombird.com, and you really want to check this out. So we have just one more guest, so I hope you'll stay with us. And Tom, I want to thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Miriam. It's been a pleasure. (laughs) Goodbye, Tom. Free your mind with Ohm Times Radio, IOM FM. Hello, I'm Sandy Sedgbeer, host of the Inspired Parenting Radio Show, where every week we bring you empowering information from the diverse fields of conscious parenting, education, neuroscience, consciousness, health, and metaphysics to support you in nurturing the best in your children. So if you're interested in understanding what shapes your children's minds, spirits, and hearts, join me every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, and prepare to be inspired. Being a radio host on IOM-FM allows you to build your show on a rich platform with the power of the Internet to fulfill your outreach goals and connect with a very specialized and global online audience, unlimited by time and distance. Ohm Times Radio will provide you with web relevance, a recognizable conscious brand, and with the standard of excellence that has accompanied every single Ohm Times endeavor. 
Host your show with Om Times Radio Network. Simone Millicis would like you to know that business can be fun, which is why she wrote the book, Joy of Business. What if you could have the joy of business rather than the stress and struggle? Most of the time, the only thing stopping you from a thriving business is you. In the Joy of Business book, Simone gives you access consciousness tools and pragmatic ways to get out of your own way and to create the business, life, and living you know is possible and beyond what this reality says is achievable. Business is joy. It's creation. It's generative. It can be the adventure of living. You can purchase your copy of the book through Amazon or Joy of Business website, www.accessjoyofbusiness.com. Hi, this is Angela Levesque, host of Entanglement Radio. Join me Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern for inspiring conversations with visionaries in spiritual science and conscious healing. Entanglement Radio, Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern. Transcendent talk for the conscious mind. The cutting edge of conscious radio. Om Times Radio. IOM FM. And we are back. And I am hoping that we get our next guest, Rebecca Campbell, but we seem to be having some issues in connecting with her. Rebecca is... uh, currently in England, and I think there might be static across the pond. So I'm going to try again getting her, Rebecca. And it is ringing. Um, Rebecca is a Hay House author. She's an inspirational and motivational speaker and a grounded intuitive mentor and practical intuitive guide. She guides people to awaken the authentic light within and act on the true callings of her soul, of their soul. Now, she is one of Hay House's freshest Voices, particularly Hay House in the UK. And her latest book is called Light is the New Black, a guide to answering your soul's calling and working your light. She was previously an award-winning creative director in advertising, and she co-founded The Spirited Project. And she's been featured in several mainstream publications, such as the Sunday Times Style Magazine and Psychologies Magazine. Um, we still do not seem to have her, um, on the site. Um, so I think we will simply have to fill this space with, um, I guess some stream of consciousness. Um, one of the things that Rebecca is, uh, really focusing on in her book is helping people connect with their intuition in order to live wonderful lives, both both personally and professionally. Let me see. We're going to try her again. Okay. So, uh, add Rebecca. Rebecca, are you there now? It says it's ringing. It says she's online. But she doesn't seem to be able to pick up. That is very disappointing. 
but I'm going to leave it ringing, and I want to get back to Rebecca's message. Intuition is our inner GPS. It's the guidance system that we were talking about earlier with Tom Bird. It is so vitally important to living the life that we were meant to live, and not only that, understanding who we are and where we've come from. When we live our daily lives and we feel the the pressures that we kind of absorb from the environment, from the news, we get so dispirited. We um, may be looking for a relationship. Rebecca, are you with us now? I am. Oh, thank heavens. I was just wondering how long I was going to have to tap dance here. Oh, I see. So, okay. So it's an hour difference for me. So it must have been a daylight saving thing, but I'm here anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I thought it was an hour later we were talking, but I'm at my desk and I'm ready to talk to you. Oh, that is good. Rebecca, I've already introduced you. I've introduced Yay. Um, the whole notion of connecting with one's intuition. Tell us about your book, Light is the New Black. Mm. So Light is the New Black is really, it's a guidebook for what I call modern day light workers. And as far as I'm concerned, anyone on this call is a modern day light worker because to me, a light worker is anyone who is devoted to answering the, the call of spirit, right? Versus the call of our ego and who feels that niggle to, to, um, maybe step forward and devote their life to something bigger. And through the book, it's all about creating the space to really listen to the call of, of what I call our soul. It's our intuition. It's our spirit. It's that, that part of us that's connected to the, the, that universal wisdom. And what prompted you to write it? Mm. You know what? Since I was a young teenager, when I had my first awakening, I I started scribbling down these thoughts, and it's almost like it was like seventeen years later. The book actually happened, <laughs> so <laughs> it felt like it was a message that I certainly needed to hear myself. And you know, I find so many of us when when it comes to answering that greater call and and you know answering what's my purpose, what's my larger calling in life, I often think that that the 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 thing that we're here to teach is the thing we most need to learn. And so I really feel with this book, it's like in a way I I wrote it for others, but I also it was what my soul needed to hear at the time as well. Well, that is so much in line with the message of our previous guest, who actually talks about writing a book over a weekend. So we, wow. we oh might want to connect well, you to. <laughs> I'm envious of that. I'm getting ready to write my next. And um, yeah, I think I need several months. But yeah, I'm, I'm open to being surprised in getting it all in a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, his point, and I think your point, is that it's important to connect to your intuition. And mm-hmm. it is letting that spirit come through you and onto the page. And if I'm not mistaken, that's exactly what you do. Absolutely, absolutely. When when I write, I find it um, the the best place for me to write is in nature. 
um, surrounding myself with the beauty and particularly like flowers, trees and all of that. And I find that in doing that, it's almost like my heart is opened because when our heart opens, what happens is that our soul and spirit can step forward and we can, when we're in that space in spirit, that's where we can be inspired. Mm-hmm. You know, that word is in spirit, inspired. There, There is no coincidence there, you know? And um, I really feel, I often say to people, you know, follow the little, the, the invisible trail of the things that light you up. So for me, flowers light me up. And I'm looking in my office now, it's like, it's almost like it's a flower den. It's just crazy. <laughs> but, but several years ago, like, I had no idea how much flowers lit me up. And then when I was put, putting literally the last word and I cl- clicked file and save on my on my laptop and finished the book, I looked up and I realized I was sitting in the, the middle of Regent's Park Rose Garden where I'd written pretty much the whole book from park bench to park bench to park bench. And it just blew my mind at how when we truly follow those things that light us up and, and answer um that inner yearning which 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 is always calling us towards our heart opening when we give ourselves that and get out of the way amazing things can happen you talk about people who are an undercover light worker what do you mean by that <laughs> well um undercover light workers to me are there there is two different types first of all there is the ones that are in a serious spiritual closet um they're the ones who are afraid of you know being outed for being the hippie <laughs> you know and they're afraid of of what people are going to think of their spiritual beliefs that was certainly me from a young age i felt very weird and different from my friends and people around me and so i i very promptly went into a spiritual closet and kept that that part of my life it was very rich and you you know, I, I, I did many courses and, and trained up in it and all of that, but not everyone in my life knew about it or knew, knew about it to the extent. And I ended up going into advertising, actually. I knew I wanted to put positive messages out there into the world, and I thought advertising was the perfect perfect example. And I very consciously went into that career as an undercover light worker. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not necessarily saying that's a bad thing. I think undercover light workers are amazing. We need light workers everywhere. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my terminology of an undercover light worker. It's really just someone who is not overtly going and saying, I'm the spiritual teacher, but they're doing the work regardless. Mm. So what is your recommendation to our listeners for turning their light on? Mm. The the number one way I would recommend is to carve out a, a, time, a, a part of your day, just five minutes is enough if that's all you can do, 10 minutes, half an hour, whatever feels good, but make it non-negotiable. So it's like non-negotiable spiritual practice, I call it. So it's like literally this this sacred time where you turn your light on every day. Um, meditation's wonderful. I've got, um, I do a form of meditation called light sourcing, which is on my website. You can download that for free. And it's really just allowing the, that universal light energy to come down from the heavens above and just replenish and fill you up because we can't give anything that we don't have. And by showing up to that, that non-negotiable window of time every day, um, 
it it really regenerates us and fills up that inner light. And when mm-hmm. our inner light's on, then then we have so much more to go around and we can hear our intuition so much more clearly. Rebecca, what is your website? It's RebeccaCampbell.me, so R-E-B-E-C-C-A-C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L dot me. And just, it's up the top, um, you'll see a thing of um, download my free sourcing meditation. And you have a free video series that you're offering there, right? I do actually, yeah. So that's, that's, that'll be on the same homepage. Just scroll down a little bit. That's, um, it's like seven, um, really powerful, um, teachings from the book Light is the New Black. Great. So that's available for free for anyone as well. Thank you, Rebecca Campbell, author of Light is the New Black. Thank you for being with us, Rebecca. It's, thank you for having me. Thank you. Well, Thank you for listening today, and I hope you'll join us next week. In the meantime, do visit New Consciousness Review at ncreview.com for our archive. This is Miriam Knight. Thank you for listening. Many blessings, light, and love.